0: This is Germany.
1: And this is Brittany. And this
0: is the Blacker Bravado Podcast.
1: A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike.
0: Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, mental health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more.
1: And trust. When we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do.
0: Our intention is to create a safe space for growth, inspiration, laughter, and love, free of judgment, in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable, or at least a little more entertained than before.
1: It's Homegirl Vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny.
0: A lot of fucking funny.
1: So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast.
0: Let's start the show, cuties. Hey
1: y'all, welcome back.
0: Welcome back, my little 420 flower buds. Yeah.
1: So you our, know our little hemp seeds <laughs> what
0: yeah our little cannabuds.
1: hit babies cannaboo boos
0: welcome back
1: how's it going it's
0: going good how are you how was your weekend
1: my weekend was uh long
0: tell me about it tell us about it
1: i went home to the bay and um it was a road yep. trip
0: i ain't did that in a long time yeah there it is
1: <laughs> i went home and it was a road trip and um you know, being in the car is always something. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, we took what was supposed to be the scenic route, which was pretty to begin with. We go, could you go through Monterey? You take the one up the coast and all that. But mm-hmm. then there was a damn road closure that just sent me to hell.
0: Yeah, slapped you on your ass lit, and summoned you on to the hell ass
1: and said, "Go to hell."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So we ended up being in the car for thirteen hours, and at that point, I was just spent. I was yeah. spent. I was motherfucking tired. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like that was a long time for such a short trip. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the back, it was a lot for me. It mm-hmm. was a lot for me. I'm more of a get there plane mommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Book a flight one hour. That's me. Period. But, um, but you so did what needed to be was done. My weekend. Yeah, I did what needed to be done. How was your weekend?
0: Boring. I went to work. So you know, I mean, there was no tea, and it was a beautiful weekend. And um,
1: <laughs> outside was open, honey. It was like the oh, grand opening of outside. I know. When I was looking on Instagram, I said, "Okay, the girls and the boys were out."
0: I think this was the weekend that they were talking about opening it, though. April fifteenth was supposed to be the grand opening.
1: Oh, who said that, Gabby? I, I
0: think I was seeing it. Yeah, like outside was back open. Uh-huh. I mean, on the seventeenth, it was lit. I said, "Wow, y'all are really outside." On the 15th
1: day of April outside. Yeah, open, <laughs> it was
0: open. Okay, I said, "Okay." Once I seen a full day party, a brunch day party happening. Girl,
1: once I saw somebody being swirled around, nobody had on a mask. I said, "Yeah, oh, no." Okay.
0: I I don't want to be in that type of environment. That was a little too much for me. For me, I
1: wouldn't want to be in that environment. No, no,
0: no. That was a lot. What we seen online was a lot. I don't wanna be oh, outside in yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. that. I like to be I would like to be outside.
0: But in a in little a more controlled, controlled environment.
1: I mean, you know what? Let me just I don't know. I think it was just that just,
0: whatever. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, the weekend was turned down. I was at work, Brittany was out of town, but this weekend I feel like I'm making up for lost time. What
1: you doing this weekend?
0: Um, I don't know, but Sunday we have work, which will be a good day. I'm hoping that Love Fest is this weekend, because that'll help me close April out with a bang. Love
1: Fest supposed to be this weekend?
0: This upcoming weekend is already the end of the month, the 25th. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, so hopefully you don't got nothing to do.
1: I, I, that's what I have. (laughs) Love Fest is what I have
0: to do. We'll see. We'll see how, how, how what's going on. Mm. Um, so yeah. You know what I want to see from you all? I want to see those ratings and reviews going up.
1: Yes, I want to see that too. I want to see the ratings and the reviews go up. Um and we want them stuck. We want them up and we want them stuck. We have a goal of 2000 that we're trying to reach by the end of 2021. So ladies assemble, fellas assemble, if whoever's listening, yet.
0: our non-gender binary folks assemble. Assemble. Everywhere they them.
1: Your rating in your review because so. um they help this show. So Let's start here. You know, I really love our international mommies that send their ratings and reviews. For some reason, they don't register here on Apple Podcasts, but they come through in Chartable. And if I had the time, I would go search my emails and read one of those. Next week, I'll have it geared up. Thank you to the mommies. And um, I think we had someone in Nigeria, Canada, Hawaii.
0: What? Come through, y'all. I love that. Is
1: Hawaii
0: International? It actually is not. It's It's here in the States. It
1: actually isn't. But... (laughs) In yeah. the anyway, States. you know what I mean. Yeah, what's up? So, um let's just do a little um Let's read Deanna.
0: Oh, yeah. Read Deanna's. um
1: I can't read the title because it's too long, but anyway. It says make
0: sure you're insured listening to this.
1: Okay. Make sure you're in short. There you go. Mm-hmm. Listen, one time I almost slipped in the shower from laughing so hard with Germany and Brittany. This podcast is that good. I love it. Every episode fills my cup. I laugh, learn, get triggered, feel seen and loved, and so much more. All the feels. I love every segment and series of this show. With every episode, I feel more and more connected to myself and my healing journey. Thank you, BGB, for all of the valuable gems dropped.
0: Thank you. Thank Beautiful. you for leaving a kind Thank you, word. Deanna. Love appreciate you. Appreciate that. Yes. Yes. So
1: yeah. Uh, do do your duty.
0: Do what you got to do. Yes. Um. You know what? We've we've also been having. A lot of the mommies join us over on Patreon, which we love. Love to see you. Uh, our Patreon community is the pulse. It's the heartbeat it's the of this here show and community. Uh, if you, I mean, if you don't know what Patreon is, you're probably living under a rock. But it's basically our exclusive membership community. Um Yeah, we give a lot of bonus extras and goodies. This week on Patreon, well, really last week, we talked about shadow work.
1: That was our bonus heal thyself episode. Um,
0: Yes, for our besties.
1: We talked about uh, what shadow work is, how to tap in and discover your shadows. We shared some of our own shadows. Yes,
0: and just really went a little deeper. You know, it's really nice to have that community over there where we can share Intimate details of our lives and our experiences, because to be completely honest, we have no control over who's listening to this show. Yeah, there's so many people downloading this damn show—sixty thousand people a month—and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that to toot my own horn, but beep beep, coming this- around
1: the train. <laughs> and ride Car- it to-
0: period. I'm so, I mean, with 60,000, 70,000 people listening, I don't know who that could be. Yeah. So Patreon is just a little um, tighter knit. It's a
1: sacred community where we Safe share space. more intimately. And I love it there. And I'm sure you would love it there, too. We also have our virtual conversation with Cece of A Herbs today, if you're listening in real time. Yes. That's 420, where we're going to be discussing herbalism and how we can heal ourselves with herbs. We're going to be smoking our, our are in our R and R pre rolls with mm. our besties Period. who should be receiving their packages by now.
0: Yeah, and honestly, if you want to sign up to be a bestie, we have a couple. We
1: have a few left.
0: A few left. So, I mean, if you sign up, I'd say before the end of the week.
1: You know what? We have um, what twelve? About twelve, twelve slots before we reach two hundred on Patreon. Ooh. How about if you sign up before we reach the two hundred? mark you'll get, a you'll get a pre-roll you'll get a you'll get a three pack of pre-rolls yeah
0: they're worth it y'all they're, they're so worth good it. no
1: really no cap
0: okay tell the kids no
1: cap these are perfect they're tobacco free they're marijuana free they're nicotine free they make you literally feel relaxed it's like the weed without the paranoia
0: yeah it's a special herbal blend you know that has lavender yeah. peppermint rose so it's basically luxuriating and yes. you know we're all about being Lux aunties. Yes, that's we are what we're here.
1: Lux aunties, and I definitely feel like a Lux auntie when I'm smoking on my pre-roll, which I think I'm gonna smoke one tonight. And then my mom said, "Ooh, I want one she of these." I said, "Girl, we got did. you, girl." Yeah, I should have brought one to my mom.
0: Oh, you should have. You can mail it to her. Lux mama, she will love She's that. She's coming
1: for Memorial Day weekend. I didn't know if I was gonna be available, but I said my house was.
0: Oh, where are you going?
1: I don't know. It could be a plot that pops up for us.
0: Okay. Us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome here <laughs> you're welcome you can here.
1: Stay here she said i know you have a busy calendar but i said yeah the house is open oh shit that's all that needs that's all I'll she
0: needs yeah we should send her one she love that mother's yeah. day send her send her um, oh yeah, yeah yeah pre-roll for, mom, for sure, mother's for day sure. um, so, um
1: yeah it's some lit things happening over on patreon if you're not over there you're seriously missing out i don't yeah. know how else to put it
0: but back to that herbal healing event, we'd love for you to join us if you're listening in real time. It's this evening at 6pm Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we'll be sending out a zoom link. If you're not a bestie, or I mean, pardon me, if you're not a patron, which is the easiest way to get into the conversation, just purchase a ticket and you can join us by visiting our website. Uh, yeah, and all the details are down in the show notes. It's going to be a great conversation about herbalism and just using herbs to heal ourselves
1: yes ma'am and sir
0: can we shout out our patrons
1: yes we surely can let's Uh, do it this is my favorite part so we have talia
0: hey talia welcome to the gang
1: scala i think or shola
0: shola scola shola i love it all
1: yes uh fifi Hey, Fifi. So cute. That's my plant name. That's Fifi, my, do you love me? That's my plant name. My fiddle fig. His name is Fifi. And um, I think she's
0: doing okay. She's holding on. Um,
1: we have <laughs> we have Jordan.
0: Hey, Jordan. Welcome.
1: And then we have two besties. We have Nicole.
0: Hi, Nicole. Thank you for being our bestie.
1: And then we have Chondria.
0: Hey, Sean, girl. Welcome hey, to the girl. bestie crew. Yes. Your pre-rolls are on the way. I think Nicole's yes. was already sent out, but Sean, yours on the way. Yes. Thank y'all so much for supporting our podcast and all the work that we're doing over on Patreon. So, new week, new tea.
1: Where we kiki with you and you kiki with we. Um, There's none. There's no tea this week. We usually dish a little tea about pop culture, things happening, but not much to talk about. So, we're not going to talk about it.
0: But we will say RIP Black Rob.
1: Yes. Whoa.
0: Dead. I don't know what's going on. 2020 needs to act right because.
1: 2021.
0: 2021. Pardon me. Yeah, twenty twenty one. 2020 already showed his ass. son died as well. I did. I just I don't know can't. what
1: happened, but damn, he was only 33.
0: <sighs> Times are and tough. And
1: then um, Garin from Baltimore. Oh, I know. See, all
0: this death. Ugh. I can't She's take it
1: in her sleep. Yeah, but she has some health issues. She had lupus. Yeah, I don't know. Issues. They said, it. I don't know. Rest in peace. Queen. RIP. Sad. She had a daughter. Yeah, she, she did
0: a, a young queen. So yeah. RIP to the souls that have been lost. Yes. On this fight. So last week's episode, just so we can get into it before we get into it. Yes. We're still in our heal thyself series. Part four was last week. Heal your damn self with tonight. Holder. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been to the Salt Lounge during our 100th episode party yes, um, that we had a few years back, mm-hmm. you already for, are familiar with Tanai and the work that she's doing, but she is an intuitive healer, a spiritual teacher, an entrepreneur. Um, she's been practicing... So many sacred healing methods for about 15 years now, especially Reiki. She's a Reiki master. So in last week's episode, we discussed the benefits of Reiki and ways to begin your healing journey with Reiki. Basically healing your damn self. Mm -hmm. Um, Tanai was really generous and shared a discount code. If you're interested in Reiki Level 1 or the courses that are offered by her in the Salt Lounge and all those details are in Last week's episode show notes. Yes. Tap in. Take advantage. Take advantage. Um, It was a really great episode. And it just, all these episodes are just reminding us and encouraging us to do the work. Yeah. You know, heal yourself that it's not beyond you. You have the capabilities and the power to do so. So we're hoping that you're feeling inspired and motivated by this series. And we're keeping on, keeping on.
1: Keeping on, keeping on. We're almost done, but we're not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. This week on the pod, we are discussing healing intergenerational trauma, Talk about which it. is very essential to healing ourselves. Um, we mentioned in the episode that this is some heavy work that Germany and I cannot take on ourselves. We so, just can't. You know, we're acknowledging when we need to bring in experts. We can read all of the articles and do all of the research, but sometimes you just need someone who's well-versed who can just give it to you like it is. Yeah. And that's what we had with Mayumi. Yeah. She uh gave it to us, gave it to us like it is. She is the owner of Healing the Black Intergenerational Trauma Center, which is a community project aiding the Black community in overcoming mental, emotional, educational, economic, and financial challenges faced daily as a result of the systematic racism and multi generational oppression. Mm. So um.
0: She's doing the work, y'all.
1: She's doing it, and uh, we had her here. Great conversation. We know that you all will take away a lot from it and find it valuable. So, I mean, there's not much more to say. Just sit tight and listen in.
0: We'll get into it
1: bgb gang i need you all to the front of the room
0: center get here now
1: we're trying to get our hair and skin right for the summer you know we're down to try anything that will strengthen our curls and help our skin glow and we've been taking care of vitamins and we have loved the benefits so far let me tell you i was on a little vacation and when i go spend the night i definitely pack my little convenient care of vitamin packages in my whole bag
0: and it's really easy to get started with Care of. First, you just go to takecareof.com and do their holistic online quiz. This quiz is like getting a one on one consultation with a nutritionist. You'll be able to get personalized recommendations that address your wellness goals.
1: And Care of's products are formulated with good for you clean ingredients. This stuff is backed by science, y'all. Your recommendations come in super cute, individually wrapped packets, like I told you, that are perfect for starting a new routine. Your care subscription can be delivered to your door monthly, so you never have to worry about running out of your goods. I
0: love that. Hot Girl Summer, it's here. I'm not even going to say it's coming up. It's here. Okay? And we want to be the hottest. Hot. So as the seasons change, we have to focus on refreshing ourselves. And what better way to do that than tapping in with Care Of?
1: For 50% off your first Care Of order... Go to takecareof.com and enter code Bravado50. That's code Bravado50 for 50% off of your first order on takecareof.com. Take, Take care, care, y'all. Hey, y'all. So today we are going to be speaking with a special guest all about intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that happened before us that still affects us. And I feel like that things like that, I really need help with answers, solutions, please. Because I'm just mind blown about how something that we had absolutely nothing to do with can greatly affect us in our day to day lives. So we thought we needed to call on an expert for this because this is way above our pay grade. <laughs>
0: this is outside of our realm.
1: It is. So we found the perfect um, homegirl to chat with Mayumi, who mm-hmm. is a licensed mental health therapist, a public speaker, workshop leader. She's the host of Epiphany with Mayumi. She's the host of Raw Talk Show. And she also is the owner of Healing Black Intergenerational Trauma Center. So
0: the girls qualify.
1: Sounds, yeah, sounds like sounds <laughs> like exactly who we need to be speaking with. So Mayumi, welcome to the show. Mm hmm. Thank you for having me. Yay! Thank you for chatting with us. So let our listeners know about you, how you came to be, your background.
2: Of course. So as you all mentioned, my name is Mayumi McKinley. I
1: am originally
2: from Louisiana. And how how can I shorten this so I don't give you the whole life story? (laughs) (laughs) So um, I, I would say that I... I went to Xavier University in New Orleans and I originally thought I was going to go to medical school to become a radiologist. I was like, yes, I'm just going to look at bones. Don't even really have to talk to people, make that paper. Things going to be great. <laughs> um, and then I went to, to school in my freshman year. I was like, yeah, this science isn't like high school science. I don't think I like this this much. Mm. Um, I don't think that passion is there, but I've always had an interest in psychology. Even in high school, I remember taking a psychology course and learning about, um, you know, forensic psychology type things, and I was always interested, and so that didn't really tap into my passion, the the biology major, and so I took a couple of psychology classes and knew instantly that that's where I needed to be. It spoke to me, it came um, so natural, and was just so very interesting. So I ultimately ended up majoring in psychology pre medicine because I was like, okay, who knows? One day I may decide to go to medical school. Mm-hmm. Um, and prescribe medication. So that's where my journey started. I've always been the person to ask, why does someone act like that? You know, why I'll be asking my mom, why is this person so mean, but why? But I don't understand why they would act that way. So even if I go back to being my younger years, I remember just being curious as to why certain people did certain things that others did or didn't do. And so at Xavier, I had the opportunity to kind of explore that more graduated, decided to, be adventurous and it was like, I'm moving to Miami, New York, or LA because of course on television, it looks so glamorous. Yeah. Right? And, and I up and moved to California, decided, you know, was here a while, worked in a um, couple of different um, mental health type, social work type facilities. I worked in a group home, an emergency shelter for children in the system, decided to go back and get my master's in social work with a concentration in community mental health. And after that, decided that mental health is where I wanted to concentrate in and decided to work various places. I've worked at hospitals, schools, maternity centers, dialysis centers, after school programs. You name it, I've had some dabble in it mm-hmm. in terms of mental health. And I always had a vision of having my own private path practice. And after I became licensed, um, I took a step out on faith and it's been five and a half years. I mean, Tiffany has grown from just myself to having about 30, actually closer to 40 now clinicians, and we are servicing individuals and families in the community. And I'm living my dream and have the privilege of being able to assist people on their journey to, you know, feeling and being emotionally healthy. Come
0: on. I love that. Now, you know what? People come on this show all the time and they will give us the long damn way home. But you gave us everything that we needed, the meat and potatoes and wrapped it up with a bow. Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know, there's one thing about college. I'm going to just say this because it'll drag you by the ass. But what it will do also (laughs) is let you know what you like and what you don't like. Because I too thought I was going to go to some sort of somebody's medical school. I three thought that. School. And once that biology said in that chemistry, I said, actually, it's not for me. I'm not a science girl. Yeah.
1: I I'm went straight a... to psychology, too. I said, you know what? I'm going to take psychology for 500. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I resonate here. These are my people. Period. Yes. Me,
0: too. Once and I was in fight. my social work, social, what was that called? Sociology. You know, that was the easy one. Everybody did that.
2: I'm like, I'm taking everything in <laughs> column C. In column C, I'll be ready. right. right. Yeah, the the, the the I just wasn't past. I still had because I was psychology pre medicine. I still had to take all of the organic chemistries and the microbiologies and all of that. Um, and I just wanted to ensure that I had what I needed in case I did decide to 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 embark upon you know going to medical school. But that wasn't my dream. I can't say that was my. Original. Uh, I wanted to be a radiologist, but when I changed over to psychology, I didn't think, okay, yes, I'm going to be a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't go to Xavier. I don't know if you all know Xavier University of Louisiana. I couldn't go there and not major in pre med. I think my dad would have killed me mm. because of how expensive it was. <laughs> so right. You can't- I was like mm-hmm. I can't leave here without a pre med major. So just in case. Period. Um. Yeah. You 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 find out what speaks to you, and it was just so. I mean, all of my friends. I have lots of doctors and. Doctor friends, um, but I decided to go the mental health route and it's been amazing. I love that. Yeah.
0: And you know, we need more people like you doing the work in the community. Not that there's not enough doctors, but Yeah. She said I actually took organic chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am smart too, just so yeah. you know. I didn't lose out on No,
2: what's we'll look- <laughs> up?
0: You remember organic chemistry
1: because yeah. that was oh goodness that was girl <laughs> that's when I hit that's when I said I right, and I'm a
0: head out <laughs> my, my the chemistry I couldn't even pass uh, GMO chemistry so I know I couldn't have did you the know organic what? I'm
1: done with you. I <laughs> could not
0: I could not so so Mayumi discuss intergenerational trauma or or actually we're gonna back up a little bit you're an intergenerational trauma expert so is there a difference between multigenerational and intergenerational trauma? or is it just referred to as different names?
2: Yeah, they're 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 all referring to the same thing. So you'll hear people refer to it as multigeneration or intergenerational or transgenerational um but ultimately all of them have the same meaning. It's basically trauma that's passed down from generation to generation to generation. Um You know, subconsciously, consciously, um, it's just when we don't take the time to heal. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes, unbeknownst to us, not anything intentionally done, everybody tries to be the best parent that they can be. And sometimes those emotional wounds that haven't been healed, you know, cause behaviors and things to be passed down a lot of times that we aren't aware of. Right.
0: It's because we so strong.
1: The resilient.
0: We be having to be so strong, child.
1: Are there some signs that, one can display when when we're suffering from intergenerational trauma like how can we identify that oh maybe this may be it I know speaking to a professional is one of the number one ways but just some indicators that'll get us into the room of a professional
2: well I want you to not think don't think of it as like okay I think I have intergenerational trauma it's more so like you know, think of your family. Think of some of the patterns that you and your cousins or siblings may talk about in your family and you think, you know, it could be relationship um, patterns that you see. Maybe certain individuals, uncles or aunts aren't getting married or there's addiction or um, certain attitudes or um, those type things. So it's just behaviors that at one point in time might have been very beneficial to someone, um, but in different points in time it's not helpful so let's you know an example of that may be if we let's just let's just take it to like mm, let's take it to I'm trying to give an example from way 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 back and it's okay so let's take it back into way back in the day even if we go back into racism way back when was well, still happening today so I can't say way back <laughs> um but it's still happening um but you know when Maybe our grandparents, our great grandparents were would say, you know, when well, we go out here in the public, don't embarrass me in front of these white people. Yeah, right. um, Be quiet. Shut up. Don't say anything. Um, those type things. And so, at one point in time, yes, that was to keep you know their children safe. They didn't want anything to happen to them. Um, they didn't want you know you know what happens in this house stays in this house. All mm-hmm. of these things that were kind of taught. Um, however, over time. You know, not sharing our feelings, not talking about things, the self-esteem blow that goes to, you know, things such as make sure you don't embarrass me in front of these white folks, you know, things of that nature would go way back and kind of how that passes down Mm -hmm. from a subconscious standpoint. um, You know, at some point it's like, well, why, what do you mean in front of these good white folks? You know, we go back What does that mean? What does that do? They're they're better than me. So does that mean I have to act a certain way in front of them? What does that do to your self-esteem or um, a a different example would be some, maybe a parent who was molested as a child um, or sexually abused, you know, maybe by a family member. And when they told they weren't Mm believed and they had to deal with that trauma or they brought it up and it wasn't ever talked about, the family maybe acknowledged it, but didn't bring it up ever, ever again so this person didn't have a chance to process it and heal so now um as an adult um they have children and now they're really paranoid maybe mm-hmm. to a point to a father super anxious they're um and, and helicopter parent mm-hmm. um you know very very worried and so that anxiety gets passed down to their children now their children are really really anxious and they pass it down so, well those are just some of the examples of it so it's not necessarily oh i think i have intergenerational trauma it's more so look at some of the patterns in your family that you would identify as unhealthy. Nine times out of 10, it's related to some type of trauma that has happened Mm. and the time taken to process it and heal from it and understand how did this trauma impact my perception of the world so I can ensure my perception of the world is still healthy and I'm managing my anxiety, my PTSD, my depression, how I, in a healthy way, I'm coping with these emotions from this trauma in a healthy manner so that I'm not passing negative behaviors down to my, um, my children. So I grew up, you know, someone grew up in a household where maybe their parent wasn't affectionate because they were, maybe their mom wasn't affectionate. So mom doesn't know how to say, I love you. Mom doesn't know how to hug. Mom doesn't know how to show that affection. Um, ultimately they experienced that in the household. They learn that, okay, this is just how you act. You don't show affection. Right. So now this person is in a relationship with someone who adores affection, and this is a challenge for them now in their relationship, or ultimately they pass that same type of behavior on, and that's how they act in their family. And now we have generations of individuals who aren't showing emotion, aren't talking about how they're feeling, or aren't showing affection, which is a natural human desire for all of us. You know, so I hope that. I, the long-winded answer to to give you a couple of different examples of how it happened.
0: No, I think that's that's uh I think that it wasn't long-winded at all. I think that kind of provides a more well-rounded understanding of what intergenerational trauma can be because I feel like for me personally, I would be looking for something specific. You know, like mm-hmm. outside of it being characteristics or just things that have been passed on. Like you said, it could be something even not as small as I don't want to say as small as, but something like lack of um emotional availability or mm-hmm. emotional awareness or inability to like connect with people or, you know, whatever it might be, being toxic or having that, this just me attitude. Like, you know, you see that a lot too. So I think that that was really great.
1: Yeah, for sure. I resonated with the anxiety piece mm-hmm. because my mom can be an anxious worrier and I just felt like it was natural for me to worry. And it's something that I have to actively work at to not do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I just felt like that's all I know is worry, worry, worry.
0: Same. I think, yeah. I think my grandma passed that shit down. I mean, well, she passed it. She's always worrying. She's like, "Call me when you get in, okay?" That it could be something just so small. I'll answer the phone, and I'm like, "Hey, Gram. Ooh, why you sound like that?" I'm like, "Girl, I just woke up. What the hell? You know, it'll be something small. You okay? Yeah. You know, you pregnant? I'm like, girl, please don't yeah, bring the pregnancy. My grandma up. does
1: that too, and that's where it came from.
0: Yeah, it's it has something well, to do. Even-
1: with- even before your, you know, grandparents, if we go back to like slavery days, and Dr. Joy DeGruy, she
2: talks about this a lot. You know, when we talk about slavery days, all of the trauma. Mm. I mean the, 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 the. I mean, it's un, I couldn't imagine, right? The trauma watching loved ones, beat, watching loved ones die. Oh, everything. Even when we, you know, when we were, you know, quote unquote free, right. There was no therapist and, and Dr. DeGrun said this. I remember watching one He's was like there were no therapists nobody got mental health services. Right. Everyone survival. So how do you how do you how do you, you just go into survival mode? No one was this so when we talk about anxiety being passed on, can right. you imagine the anxiety at that time?
1: Can right. you
2: imagine the numbness or the shutting down or the PTSD and nowhere to go? And so as time goes on, you know, you have sayings, you know. Even we go with
0: some of the children are seen and not heard, you know. Girl, um, yeah. Yeah. you just said so many black slogans. The seen
1: and not heard, <laughs> and that does manifest in adulthood because you can't. You feel like you can't speak up for yourself. There's You're scared. No you know. I heard one thing. Um, I read one thing. You know. Um, I felt like the homegirls are gonna feel this. Okay. When you wanted to like spend the night at your friend's house or do something, mm-hmm. you wanted to make sure your mom was in a good mood yeah. before you asked her. Like. Is she in a good mood right now? Is now a good time? And then you turn around and you're an adult and you're trying to figure out when's Was the right time, time to ask someone yes, something.
0: Yes, that. And me. that
1: started in childhood. And it's just. I just wanted effect. to spend the night at my friends, <laughs> and you got me conditioned to be afraid to ask a simple thing like you're assessing is this a good time is this the i right like time? that
0: i feel like you just did some work there i feel like some work was just uncovered yeah that's true you know you'd be like walking on eggshells walking like, on girl. eggshells
1: wondering if this is the right time trying to see is there a mood right mm-hmm. do they seem like they're in a good mood will they be receptive it's just so much
0: girl you know i'd be on edge well, when it's time for me to ask for yeah. something i'd be like oh my god okay i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask. <laughs> right there so Mayumi what are a few steps a beginner can take on their healing on their healing journey you know when we're working towards healing this intergenerational trauma like how do you start what does that look like
2: I think it looks like what what just happened here it's just kind of thinking of the things and everybody's different right so you Know you might say, okay, now I'm nervous to ask someone something, but your sibling may be like, I don't care, I'll ask anybody anything. So, the other part is that different things impact people differently. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: and deciphering like what is kind of trauma related versus, um, yeah, you know, uh, well, it, it could be considered trauma, like versus maybe a parent being very emotionally dysregulated, which mm. could also come come from trauma, right? If you, mm. for example, the lives in the household with an alcoholic right that would be very traumatic in terms of when when to ask for things or what to do or you never know what type of mood they're going to be in so as far as first steps I think you all did a perfect example of that you just kind of reflect on um what are the things that you see in your family one that everybody has things that they see in their family like okay when I get my family I'm not doing this
1: period right (laughs) yeah I'm not
2: doing it so it would start with those things. And then also just taking a self assessment of yourself. You know, what are the things that make you anxious? What are the patterns that you find yourself in, whether it be um, relationship patterns or certain types of friendships or missed opportunities? Um, What are some of the, the, the things that you're scared of or, Those type things, really thinking at where your challenges may be, and then I would say talking to a professional so that they can assist you in making those connections, and then what do you do differently? Because a lot of people will make changes. A lot of people will not beat their children because they felt they were beat, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. because they didn't process how those beatings impacted them and what it meant to them and how it made them feel, now the trauma is just, it's just masked as something different right so uh, that's why it's important when people say why go to therapy there you know i'm fine me and my family's fine therapy isn't just for when you have um challenges it is however sometimes it's nice just to go get an assessment like hey i just want to check in you know how i perceive the world and just want to see if there's maybe something that i'm um could do even better at, right. or some things that i'm i'm not noticing um so that, that I hope that makes sense. I don't think there's like step one, step two, step three. I think it's more of reflection and then thinking about where you want to go in life. How do you envision your family? How do you envision your romantic relationship? And then seeking professional help and just talking to a therapist about how to get there, what you saw growing up and how what you saw growing up may influence your perception of things or hinder you or get in the way of you being able to reach that goal of whatever it may be, romantic school, work, mm-hmm. personal goals. hmm
0: it's breaking those generational tru- I, I mean, was going to say that
1: it sounds like seeing, being the one to decide that we're not doing it this way anymore Right. like we do say "My got beat I turned out fine but did you turn out fine mm-hmm. like did you really turn out fine yes you got a whooping yes you're successful but did you really turn out fine because now you're probably dealing with something that you don't understand is related to being beat
0: right I mean beat I don't want to <laughs> say <being> beat whooped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say B. I did say B, but I mean being whipped. Yeah. Y'all, I think this is the year for me to really tap in and learn a new language. I took French in high school and then I let it go after the requirement was met, but with the European summer loading, I would love to have this language under my belt. And I know just the thing to help me with this. Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the language learning powerhouse that's been transforming lives for the past 30 years. Imagine a language learning journey that not only works, but feels like a seamless part of your vibrant and dynamic world. And listen, this is not just for the language connoisseurs. It's for the bold, brilliant, and beautiful women like us ready to embrace the world of languages. Say hello to effortlessly acquiring Spanish, French, Italian, German. I mean, there's over 25 different languages to choose from. Rosetta Stone immerses you in your chosen language, teaching you to speak, listen, and even think in that language without any translation hiccups. This process is as intuitive as choosing your next hairstyle, girls. Starting with words, then phrases, and before you know it, you're crafting sentences like a pro. I love it because it's designed for long-term retention, ensuring that your newfound language skills become second nature. Now let's talk about the real magic for a minute, true accent. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition feature acts like a personal stylist, but for your accent, giving you real-time feedback on your pronunciation. No more awkward language faux pas, just pure elegance. And for the woman on the move, whether you're on your desktop or using the app, Rosetta Stone seamlessly fits into your busy life. They have an audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline, meaning you can learn anytime anywhere and I have a secret for you for a limited time Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership at 50% off yes you heard that right you get unlimited access to all 25 languages for the rest of your beautiful life this is a deal that I don't think you want to miss so why wait sis don't put off your language journey any longer Right now, BGB listeners can snag Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's your time to shine, Bookie, and Rosetta Stone is here to make your language dreams a reality.
0: Hey, Bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation.
1: What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me, it's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences.
0: For sure, absolutely. And Black Stories Black Truth is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today and it's told from a unique black perspective.
1: And I feel like these aren't just stories, like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world-shifting things out of the struggle.
0: Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and black as the incredible country we reflect.
1: And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. If you're anything like me, you are probably tired of spending all your money on takeout or you're over all the stress that comes with meal planning. Listen. Factor Meals is here to save the day. I mean, imagine this, delicious chef crafted meals delivered right to your door, ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Y'all, no more grocery shopping, no more shopping, no more dishes, just restaurant quality goodness made with fresh high quality ingredients. I love Factor. Factor offers over 35 different options a week, including keto, calorie smart vegan veggie and so much more whatever your diet is they have you covered plus they have over 55 delicious add-ons like breakfast smoothies and protein bars to keep you fueled all day long and the meals are good every meal that I've had has been so good and let's talk numbers factor is actually less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved so you know you're getting the good stuff You can choose as many or as few meals as you need, from 6 to 18 per week, and you can even pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your busy schedule. I prefer to use Factor for my lunch meals because that is the time of the day where I'm super busy, so I can just grab something out of the fridge and not have to worry about it. So why don't you diss the stress and step into your bravado with Factor meals? They're perfect for the boss babe on the go, the queen who values her time, and the woman who deserves delicious, healthy food without the hassle. So are you ready to reclaim your kitchen throne? Head to factormillscom bravado50 and use code bravado50 to get 50% off. That's right, you heard me. I said 50% off. So go to factormillscom bravado50 and use code bravado50. Do not miss out, sis. Uh, I mean, there are definitely
0: things in my family. I think about my own intergenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, for sure, I feel like brokenness. Brokenness lives there. I'm like, why do we got to be broke?
1: That for sure. And that's something that goes back a long way.
0: I mean, yeah. What were you going to say, Mayumi?
2: No, I was going to say you're right. It's not just, well, it's mental because it's in how you view. So education how Mm -hmm. families view education. Was it really, really important? Was it something that, you know, work came before education? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, these are more like, when you talk about generational curses, um, yes, it it can be definitely related to intergenerational trauma and how we look at things, also um, priorities, right? And what are the priorities in some communities of color Mm -hmm. um, or in various communities? So, yeah, when, when, you and your family if finances wasn't important or you learned to ride peter to pay paul and that's passed down so now you're with your children and you know you're like okay mama have to you know mom's gonna move this money no we're gonna put this check because we know the money we'll give us two days and and but we're gonna have this big screen tv and we're gonna have this so then that's passed down so it's also behavior you know what 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 were you taught about education in your family what were you taught about finances in your family um, so when we talk about breaking generational curses, when we talk about wealth, when we talk about financial freedom, Period. when we talk about priorities, those are some of the things. And it does kind of tie back into intergenerational trauma. You know, what was it? Kanye West that had the song that when he talks about it, he said, blame, blame it on my pigment.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
2: Where that we want community. these fancy things, you know. Oh, yeah. You've been oppressed so long and, you know, now all of a sudden what you have is your worth is built on what you have, mm-hmm. right? Because so growing generations of not generation generations not having things. Now all of a sudden your worth is attached to that. That definitely can be a result of intergenerational trauma. How we view these things. So uh, speaking it, about that money, uh, child,
0: I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like my mom. My mom grew up like poor. I would say in poverty, right? Mm-hmm. Or, well, you know, not that many, not that much resources, mm-hmm. and. I feel like she was traumatized by that, like having this really fucked up childhood when it came to money and and that, like being evicted, not having the thing she needs, like only having so many pairs of clothes or items to wear to school, that that she carried that with her. And it was so important for her to have like money and resources. So of course she did everything that she could do to like make sure we had everything and that she never felt broke. And I think that uh, attention to everything obtaining money has worn off on me and that's probably why i have that anxious uh, anxious attachment with money mm. you know i'm always like "Ooh, i'd be so scared to spend it or "Ooh, i'd be wanting to keep it and "Ooh, i like to know i have it and i feel like that mm-hmm. comes from her because she be on my line even right now talking about shit that she gonna do to make more money and i'm like please that just makes me anxious you know like i get it we all want money and resources and to like live and that's a sense of freedom to us but i feel like that's tied to something
1: wanting to make more money
0: yes it's tied to something for her and as a result it it like has turned into something else and been passed down to me mm-hmm. i'm like girl we, you ain't break the generational wealth trump under <laughs> that that piece
1: yet. <laughs> i feel like the money thing. Well, oh, i'm sorry go ahead no, go ahead I what you have to say what did you say I was gonna say I feel like the money thing shows up differently in everybody's family but somehow it's some intergenerational trauma linked to it because I feel like I feel like I'm the first one in my family who I don't want to take all the credit but <laughs> I don't want to take all the credit but I know that I, I didn't learn anything about financial independence or wealth or even just something as simple as saving mm-hmm. from my family. Like, I didn't even learn about credit. I had to flip and tumble my own credit score. It was so low because yeah. I just thought that I could just borrow and never have to pay anything back. Yeah. And I felt like that definitely create, I, that definitely stemmed from trauma because my mom even told me that her mom never told her about credit. Yeah. So I'm like, at some point, somebody has to start telling the kids about credit so that we can stop the cycle yeah, before it starts. For sure. But uh, Right, and
2: some of it, I'm sure it ties back. And so I think it's through your own journey where we learn what's trauma related and what's behavioral, because we pass down behaviors, right? Talk about it. So. With the- right so with the money situation your mom if we use that as an example so she experienced poverty at some point she said i'm never going to i'm never going to feel this way again i don't want my kids to feel this way no matter what i have to do i don't want this poverty to go to the next generation right mm-hmm. so she became super focused super you know grind 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 and it sounds like she she, it doesn't sound like you all went through a lot of poverty. It sounds like she's been working a lot. Period. <laughs> a lot. Okay. Made you, made you really anxious about it, and so what you then you will in turn say, "Wow, okay, so this is where we recognize." Okay, my mom's trauma of going through poverty, being evicted—that's very traumatic. All the feelings that go with that put her in overdrive, and this is why she works so hard. However, I'm saying that there may not be a healthy balance because mm-hmm. I see she's super anxious about the money. And I wonder how it impacts her emotionally, right? Right. Um, Me, I'm realizing how it's impacting me. So a shift that I may want to make is one, I want to educate my kids on the importance of saving, but I'm going to also monitor and work on my own anxieties when it comes to money so that I am, one, making smart decisions. I'm being financially sound and learning and growing there while at the same time, not making it something that becomes a trigger for anxiety.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I need to work on.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Mayumi, you said this um, on your website that we have to be taught to heal from the emotional wounds in order to actually move past this trauma and recognize how it negatively impacts ourselves and how we view the world. It's different than just saying, I'm gonna make money and I'm gonna be okay. Like you definitely have to go to the root and heal and Mm -hmm. like it's not our responsibility to heal our parents or wherever the intergenerational trauma came from. But I guess once we acknowledge the roots of where we were passed on these behaviors and thoughts, then we could just work on healing ourselves. I really wish we could just sit everybody down and say, hey, family, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Yeah. We've been messed up. <laughs> this is why and this is how we fix it but unfortunately it doesn't work like that we can only be responsible for ourselves and our own healing
0: period and moving forward because now you're going to be i mean you you're taking all the credit already no, no. but <laughs> it's going to start with you you're going to bring a little one into the world right and then you're going to be like the buck stops here yeah. i think today on um i think my leak was doing a live with somebody and they were like "The you are the pivot point of the intergenerational trauma or generational curse, whatever it is, is gonna be you. You're the point where it's like, actually, I'm not going that way. We're gonna go this way. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's 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 liberating and I think it's um what do I wanna say? Inspiring. I guess that we hold the power to heal ourselves in this way, or that we can be responsible to heal from this intergenerational trauma. We don't gotta go outside.
2: Right. You know? We don't. Yeah, that, and I think it's, you know, when we talk about it, it's more so like an opportunity to be aware mm-hmm. because some of the things that our parents did was absolutely necessary for survival. In order for your mom to take care of you and if you have siblings, there was some things as far as her mindset had to shift in order for you all to be okay. And some things that are okay for us at certain points in our life aren't always most effective at different points in our life. So if that's the conversation you had now, like, wow, mom, I wonder if you have anxiety about Money, like, even if I think of my dad, and especially if we think of that that generation, mm-hmm. right, there's a lot of things that they experience um, that maybe we haven't experienced. Now, I can't even think of my dad. He was, like, the last of 13 children Ooh, <laughs> shit. in the South, and my dad eats extremely fast. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm grown, grown, now. He can he comes, and we went out to eat. And I remember one day, like, I'm like, one, you put inside on your food before you taste it, so I'm not going to get into what happened. <laughs> I, you don't even know what it tastes like at this point. But, too, like, you're eating so fast. And even with him walking, he walked so fast. And I'm like, Dad, why are you eating so fast? Like, why are you, like, rushing? We have nowhere to go. You're visiting. Like, why are you? And, he, and I remember him saying, basically, we ended up having a discussion. And when he was younger, like, if you were the last one to the table and you just you just didn't eat, like, if everybody got through it before, then you get what's left over if oh, you weren't there in time. Wow. So he learned that you got to eat really, really fast. Mm. Right? And that to do to survive, and so i'm like well you, you know dad i'm gonna make sure you have everything that you need to eat it's totally okay we have enough food we are not de-. so sometimes it's just, just adjusting to the environment mm. around you as right. well right um is him eating fast? i mean it won't probably be the healthiest thing you know if he's not chewing but you know it's gonna cause sometimes like am i traumatized because my dad eats fast no um it was interesting to understand but that just gives you the context in terms of sometimes it's behaviors and and thoughts about things yeah. um and other times it could actually be like trauma like i realize my parents have anxiety after going to school and stuff and i was just like oh okay that's what this is this is where i get this kind of need to always be go 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 now that i understand it let me see what i can shift and how i can handle this in a Healthy way. Okay, so does you know, our parents do the best that they can with what they knew and what they have. Yeah. And then, I should say, it's our responsibility to kind of take a look at ourselves, see what's helpful and what's not helpful um, for us individually, because it's different for everyone. And then we start to work on that so that we have the most success in our relationships and our interactions going forward. Period. Yeah.
0: I think I've also seen this in um. You tell me. No, this ain't behavior. This got to be trauma. What? I don't know. I don't know. You tell me, Miami. So. Uh, I mentioned this before like my mom's been married hella times maybe I ain't mentioned it here maybe I said it on Patreon I think you might have said it here she's been married hella times and my mom will once she's not feeling it it's not even a marriage it just has to do with her relationship with people and men right mm-hmm. if it's no longer serving her or like she's no longer into it she drops the motherfuckers because like a bad habit she'd be like Deuces. I'm actually out right mm-hmm. and I feel like I've already said that I feel like that's resonated in my own life or shown up and manifested in my own life in relationships. Because once I'm out, I'm like, "Eh, okay, I'm over it. I'm done. But the trauma lies in the fact that I don't. I'm trying to put the words to it. There's definitely been a lack of marriage in my family, Mm -hmm. in my family, you know,
1: there's that in mine, too.
0: (laughs) There's been that lack of marriage and I don't know. I don't really know what she's trying to do. I need to. I need to think about how it impacts me, huh?
1: So, what are you thinking? Do you think that you, you think that that trauma, you think that is like something passed on down to you, where you won't be able to get married? No, fuck that. I'm claiming what? a marriage, okay? What? I'm actually claiming a marriage.
0: No, I feel like, I feel like maybe she's traumatized. Is this her way of acting out? What is this?
1: I mean, your grandma was married, right, or no?
0: short stint it short, was a short, short, stint. short stint it wasn't a long <laughs> long while i don't even it was brief okay brief okay and my grandma got four kids
2: well that would be their journey to figure out where that comes from right mm. um if it's uh, you know because what i'm hearing you've learned is that you know from watching people have short stint relationships and when you're done you're done you move on it doesn't matter you're not trying to rectify you're just done yeah. Um, so what you learned is you learned how to move on. What you haven't seen from what you shared with me is what a healthy relationship looks like.
0: That's it right there. I haven't seen how you rectify.
1: So, I
2: haven't seen okay, the rect- how you persevere.
0: Yeah, right? Yes. Mm. That's it right so, there.
2: It, so, okay, I learned how to leave. Um, I'm not quite sure what it looks like. Stay. And I don't know if you know the reason that the marriage is dissolved, if you know the reason, you know, all of that's their business. Um, but there are lots of contacts, you know. Yeah, I'm sure you have friends that, you know, I hear people say all the time when I work people at of office, they say, you know, I feel like I attract the same person over and over. Do I have stupid written on my head? I keep attracting the same guy, the same type of person over and over and over again. And they have the same experience over and over and over again. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that can be definitely trauma passed down and results so of her just not taking the time to to resolve or understand mm-hmm. what your what how your behaviors are lack thereof may be contributing to continuously being in the same relationship so i'm sure you all have heard of this phrase you repeat what you don't repair right yeah.
0: right and that's what she's doing repeating right so what,
2: <laughs> right. We, so what we don't repair But it can go all the way back to childhood. I mean, you all hear people say, oh, I have mommy issues. I have daddy issues and, you know, those type things. And so relationships that, you know, the person who, you know, if I use something that's maybe common, we see this in movies and things, you know, the person who didn't have the the young lady who didn't have a father figure and, um, you know, no one in her life to really guide her and things of that nature. And then maybe she becomes attracted to older men because she, you know, they can care, they care for her. Um, Or maybe because she didn't feel good enough for her father. Her father was never around no matter what she did. He never stayed or picked her up or kept his promises. So now she subconsciously ends up in relationships where she's trying to prove her worth because she wasn't good enough for dad. So essentially you subconsciously enter enter relationships where you're trying to be good enough for the person. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now this repeated pattern of, well, I did this and I'm, if I'm good enough, if I just understand enough and I accept enough, he'll see that I'm different mm-hmm. or she'll see that I'm different. And then the pattern re- repeats over and over because you never took the time to understand how did dad not being there impact you. And I don't mean people who it looks good on paper. Right. Like people can generally say, oh, yeah, I know my dad wasn't in my life. It really messed me up. Or I know my mom wasn't in my life. Yeah, I know. Been there, done that. I already know it's not stopping me. But that that identifying something and like actually processing and working through it and healing are two totally different things. Most Here people you. can tell, most people can tell you, oh, I know he dog, he a dog, <laughs> right? And then they stay with Right? They stay with him, right? right. So, or so the, okay, dad wasn't there or mom died when I was six or grandma raised me or whatever it is. And then saying, how did I feel about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did this affect my view of relationships? Like, wow, what did I feel when I was seven and, you know? I never saw my mom or dad or, you know, how to, and really walking through that. And that's something that you can't do a hundred percent on your own. You have to have an objective, an objective view, someone who's trying to come in and like connect those dots for you. That's the only way we change. That's the only way we experience something different. Right. That's, Other than that's the, the past- piece.
0: That's the piece that I feel like I'm healing most. That's the, the father wound is what I'm working on. That's the oh. part that hurts so much Yeah, that I'm realizing actually hurts, you know, because for a long time, like you said, Mayumi, I was aware, but I didn't say how 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 have I been impact- impacted by not having my father in my life or like what feelings come up when I think about that missing piece. But you know what I'm learning through this conversation? What? I feel like I am going to take some credit here. I feel like my awareness about like the trauma that lies in my family and what's been passed down has allowed me to make much different decisions. And I'd be like really tapped in, you know, like when I see, and this is no shade on my mom cause I love her. But when I see her make making decisions that I know probably came from somewhere else, I'd be looking like, you feel me? I could step back and see it mm-hmm. objectively and be like, hmm, I peeped that. Like I noticed that my mom, this ain't even a conversation about her. This ain't even a conversation about her. But I noticed mm-hmm. things about her that I'm like, I could easily take on that behavior, which and there's some some things that I have taken on, you know, like my dad, my mom's um, my, my mom's dad wasn't there. My dad died when I was very, very young. So, I mean, these are all things that, you know, through our experiences that we share that have been passed down. But then there's some other things that I look back and I'm like, ah, I'm right. ahead right there. Yeah, you know, I'm ahead.
1: I'm ahead, period well the the goal is to be ahead for sure. I definitely need to heal my father wound when you, <laughs> I, it's just open, bleeding. I but um, but when you said something like you want people you want men to accept you, i did I did recognize when I met my dad that I did want him to accept me, and I'm mm. thinking, why do I want him to accept me? This isn't someone I'm dating. Mm. I was like, why am I thinking of it like kind of like somebody I'm dating?' When well, we don't even have a romantic relationship.
0: Because you get, why, You tell why her. Wouldn't you tell
2: your her. To, but why wouldn't you want your father to accept you? Like, that's a natural feeling. People right. want their people to love them, care about them, be proud of them. Mm-hmm. So you say, why did you? I say, why wouldn't you want the person that was supposed to be the primary caregiver in your life the protector, Why wouldn't you want them to accept you? It doesn't matter if you're there.
1: I think it's just because I had the thought where with my mom, I knew that it was natural. Like, it's not something I had to necessarily think about. It's like she just automatically was there and did everything that she had to do. But with him, since he was absent for most of my life, it was a feeling that I wasn't, I guess, familiar with desiring from a parent. I just expected it to be, like, you know, automatic, not something that I even had to think about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I was like, woo, God, here we are with you again. Right.
2: And the thing is this, and I mean, you know, when you have a parent who's given unconditional love, you don't have to think about it. Ultimately, the two people we're supposed to be able to trust more than anybody in the world is our parents.
1: Right.
2: Right. And when that, there's an issue with that, for whatever reason, addiction and not being there, the relationship, whatever it may be, you know, purposefully or not purposefully, um, there's a thing that says, subconscious. Like, if I can't trust you, how can I trust anybody? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to actively be thinking that, but if your family are the two people you can't depend on then So when we talk about healing, it's like, it's not about, the, you know, it's about the awareness for sure. Like I'm aware of it. And then how does, how does this impact me? Right. So for example, with your dad, I mean, anybody, I mean, I've worked with kids in group homes who parents sold them for crap. Mm-hmm. Right. And do you, they still have a desire to be loved and cared for. That's a natural Feeling, and when you have a parent that's unconditional, and then someone has another parent that um, wasn't around, was around temporarily, came and went, or whatnot, you know, what is the unspoken rule there? Mm-hmm. Right? We have spoken and unspoken rules, and I talk about this often. Um, you know, spoken rules are you know, be home by the light sunlight, like street lights come on, do your homework, don't mm-hmm. let anybody in the house when I'm there, and unspoken rules are the things that aren't said but felt. Mm. so if that was never around and i'm not saying you specifically i'm just giving in general um maybe the unspoken rule is you know you know i don't you know am i you might be questioning am i lovable you know am i am i good enough you know especially when you have parents who end up with different families and they treat those kids differently Mm. right am i good what's wrong with me that's me what's wrong with me so you never said it, and maybe not have ever identified it. But then, when the person shows up, all of that subconscious stuff comes up, where there's a desire to be like, "Okay, are you gonna love me now?"
1: Right? Will this be different now. You're hitting that's right? exactly how I feel. I'm like, okay, I see that you were able to provide in my other sibling's life. So, hey, I'm still here. Let's go ahead and give me my reparations <laughs> for all the years that you weren't here. Show me that you are capable. And I think maybe I have a certain way that I expect that to look like. I have rent that needs to be paid since college didn't get paid for. Um, lavish me with gifts. Some I don't know. Do something. I, I just feel like make up for lost time to show me that you, can. you care. And I don't know if that's necessarily correct, but that's just how I honestly feel. Yeah.
2: Everything you're saying is show me that you care. Show me that you care just as much as these other. I see you're capable. Show me that you care about me just as much as these other people. So it's more, th- and, and the other part is we don't have control over what other people do. We can express, we can ask, we can share what it is that we need. We can share our hopes. Um, you know, I don't know if you paid all your rent. Would you be like, oh, yes, you know, great, he really cares. I feel satisfied now. I don't I don't know if that would necessarily be the case. It sounds doable. It sounds feasible. Um, but I think you'd have to, you know, do your own work and dig. Um, deeper because all of those are just representations and and examples of how he can show he loves you Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit you know usually it's more layers to it um than that is because if he hasn't been around then maybe there's a question there like I want to know that you care though you weren't here all these years I want to know I want to know can we start now and so um but yeah it sounds like you're aware it's just your own journey and feeling back those layers, and how does it impact your, your view of things, your relationships, how you view yourself, you know, mm-hmm. your own self worth. Mm-hmm. Um, self worth. People get so hung up on, Oh, no, I do love myself. You know, I wouldn't allow, you know, I don't, I, you know, usually if you ask someone, do you have low self-esteem? Very few people would be honest and say, yep. <laughs> right. You know, times a time. So, you know, when we, I always tell people when I, if I were to watch you, if I was a fly on the wall, and I watch how you allow people to treat you, with I what I think the same thing. So all of that goes into yeah. when we talk about why it's not just the being it's also it's being aware, but it's also how does that impact me? Right. So I'm not going to do this, and I notice this pattern, and I see how to, how does that influence me, and what am I dealing with this in a healthy in a healthy manner, right? Yeah. As I move, so you know. When you
0: speak about like the way we're impacted and the way that we feel and low self-esteem and and even other um, ways that this like trauma manifests itself like depression, anxiety, um, the low self-worth, anger, isolation, whatever it is, frustration, all of that ends up weighing on our mental health. And there's a um, there's a there's work that we're doing around destigmatizing mental health and making sure that we're prioritizing our mental health, which you're doing a great job, Miomi. uh, Mayumi, God damn. But what, what do you think are some specific approaches or what are you doing or what do you do to, um, change somebody's mind about getting therapy or seeking professional help? Because sometimes, I mean, well, not sometimes a lot of the times it's beyond just our awareness or talking to our friends about it. There's really a necessary, um, I guess, action that we have to take to reach out and speak to
2: somebody?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, a lot of, especially in our communities, the view of mental health is um, uh, from generational trauma. You know, at one point you can ask for help. You didn't trust doctors back in the day. You didn't, you know, you didn't trust that they was going to give you, you know, the the help we got was less than you know others mm-hmm. uh, so over time especially with our grandparents great-grandparents there's a lack of trust in the systems even to this day I mean gosh with everything that's happening with racism and the systems in place now there's a lack of trust however now more than ever especially with all of the racial trauma um, that we're experiencing the vicarious trauma mm-hmm. and what vicarious trauma is, is you don't have to be the one that the police hurt it's you watching people like you Period. that's traumatic yeah when we talk about something that's traumatic your heart beating extra fast because the police pulled you over. You see a police officer and you go stiff. That's traumatic. Mm-hmm. You know how the conversations we have to have with our young sons, our, our dads, the worry that dad goes to the store, is he going to come back? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, those things, that's trauma. So I think it starts with having conversations like we're having now, like you're talking to a therapist. Is it really that odd? It's breaking those things that aren't helpful. Um, the thoughts, you know, therapy to me, is an opportunity to break generational curses. Mm. That's what it is. If I walked up to someone and said, hey, you have, you have the opportunity to break generational curses in your family, like totally changed the stuff that you saw growing up and wanted generations after you have a different experience. Would you do it? Most people would say, yeah. Mm. But, you know, when it's come to therapy, it's, it's, you know, all of the typical stuff, crazy. You don't want to tell people the business. And there's an enormous amount of shame that's associated it are weakness, especially you know, even from religious communities, you're not praying enough. You know, maybe you had a better faith than God. I mean, so many people have had depression, and their grandmothers and parents have told them they need to pray about it, and you know, they're doing it wrong. And it's just um, so much heartache that's gone into that. So, I think we need to start reframing and looking at therapy as a tool, yes, an opportunity. It's an opportunity, like you get to sit with yourself once a week. It's not weak, it's like it takes a lot of strength to sit with yourself for that 50 minutes. <laughs> mm, girl, girl a lot focus on yourself and dissect those demons and pull back those layers and all of those things just to to be emotionally healthy and we have to start looking at it as an opportunity no different as anything else you know you want to go on vacation you want to have happy hour because you're stressed out you want to <laughs> right. you know go to school to better your education you want to work hard so you can get that high paying job you want to do music you want to do this all of these things that you're investing in. Um, But the single most important organ in your body that really impacts all of that is your brain. And Mm. because we can't forget the brain is an organ. And so you're not caring, you're not pouring into yourself emotionally, yet you're spreading yourself in and all these things. What is going to happen if you are depressed or anxious or stressed? How can you work? How can you exercise? How can you have a healthy relationship? And so we need to start looking at it as an opportunity I like that. Normalizing it. Normalizing
1: it. it, Yes. Definitely making the necessary, taking the necessary steps to heal ourselves mm -hmm. because there are things that we've been through that, like we said in the beginning, may have been out of our control. But what's in our control is speaking with someone, listening to podcasts like we do here, reading up on things, just implementing the necessary tools so that we can make sure we're doing better than we are as in that it doesn't have to be a,
2: a major crisis happening yeah it could be simply like you know what we've been in this pandemic for a year let me just go check on myself let me let me just check in make sure you know how i'm doing or hey i'm thinking about dating again let me let me check in and just see how those other relationships i don't want them back but i just mm-hmm. want to you know check in and see how it impacted me yeah. right or oh no you know marriage is not a thing in my family i know i want to get married let me check in and just see you know what's what's happening let me just and it's just an opportunity to really grow. Yeah.
1: Being proactive.
2: Yeah. And we take advantage of all of the opportunities, but our emotional health is quite interesting.
1: Yes. I, I like love that. that. And I love your show, The Raw Talk Show. Um,
2: oh, thank
1: you. Yes. Another episode will be dropping really soon. Yes. yes. Can you tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit more about that show? Like what Raw stands for and what the show um Yes. For.
2: So I developed the Raw. Talk show is an opportunity to give people who have had some emotional wounds a platform to share their stories but also i wanted to use it as an opportunity to educate um i want it to be different in that when you watch it you learn something so if you are going through this or someone you know has gone through the same situation it's just not an update on how the family's doing it's like real tangible stuff like grief and loss is real yeah. um one of so the Collins family is, you know, a lot of people didn't know about ambiguous loss. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very different loss. And, you know, if someone goes missing, that's a very different grief process than, oh, you know, some of the natural causes. So the whole goal of the show is RAW stands for ready and willing, you know, for those who are ready and willing to share their story, um, to, you know, address some of those emotional wounds that sometimes are hard to face. And, um, you know, hopefully this will be a start to their healing journey and so that they are are, are a stop on on their healing journey so that they can um, be on their way. And I'm always looking for guests. So um, definitely anyone who's open to sharing their story um, and allowing, you know, the raw talk to to be a part of their journey or you just want to step in and be like, let that be the start of your journey. It's awesome. I just want it to be an opportunity to change lives. I love that. I love that. You too. gotta
0: be ready and willing. Yes. That's where it starts, baby. Are you ready and are you willing? Are you
2: raw? <laughs> yes. 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 I was like raw. I want people just to be open and authentically themselves, you know. Uh, let's yes. just be open. Let's just talk about it. Um, I'm gonna educate you on some things, but let's just really be open and talk about it because and that's one of my ways of, you know, hopefully somebody will watch it and choose to do something different or understand themselves a little better and one dropping the bucket for um hopefully shifting some generational curses. Period.
0: And then like you said about authentic conversations, that's really how we as individuals and as families move towards our healing. You know, it's those hard conversations, it's all the authentic conversations. It's about having the support that we need. So that we can stop these cycles of intergenerational trauma. For sure. You know, sit down, have some hard talks. I know I need to have some hard talks with my mama.
1: Yeah, I encourage it. It's you know? tough, but we we have it's a necessary piece. If yeah. you're if it's safe. If you're if ready safe, and willing. Yes. <laughs> if you're, you're ready raw. and willing. Yes. Mayumi, let yeah. our
0: our listeners know where they can find you, what you have coming up, um, and just how to get in touch with you and your community.
2: Definitely. So all of my information, all of the different programs, and um, businesses are on my website, which is myumemkinley.com. I'll spell that M I Y U M E M C K I N L E Y.com. Um, so all of my information, about Anything I'm doing is there. Up and coming, as I stated, I have another episode of Ross Hawk dropping, um, which is going to be really, really good. Um, really good. And so, you know, look out for that. You can follow me on Instagram which is Epiphany underscore MyUni, um, E-P-I-P-H-A-N-Y underscore, and my first name, um, I have an upcoming anxiety challenge. We've Ooh. talked about anxiety, so it'll be launching this week. Um, if you follow my page, you'll see the link. It's a 30-day challenge we're doing. We do 30-day challenge for um, weight loss and getting the big bud and all of this other stuff. So we're going to do, <laughs> right, we have a squat challenge and abs and all of this stuff, skinny tea challenge, all of this So I want, you know, people to take the time to do a 30-day challenge for their mental health. And so each day you will get little pieces of information, things you can implement in your daily life that day that can help, you know, break down and decrease anxiety overall. It's not meant to be a quick fix. It's not therapy, but it definitely will give you um, an idea of things that you can start to incorporate into your life that will help reduce your anxiety overall. So those are a couple of things that's happening now. And, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love
0: that. We'll be sharing that anxiety challenge. For sure, that for sure. That sounds like something we're interested in, and we're sure our girls will love to, um, to participate.
1: Yes. Uh, well, thank you, Mayumi, for your time, your yeah. knowledge, your insight. We greatly appreciate you for sharing it with our audience you are doing some very valuable work and we're so appreciative of you
0: yes all of miami's links and uh ways to get a hold of her will be down in the show notes so don't fret y'all you'll be able to click one click of or one click of a what the hell am i saying just, I just you're, follow, one yeah, you're one click away from healing yeah you're one click away from healing miami thank you again for chatting with us this has been really great we hope you have a wonderful day
2: night yeah Thank you guys so much. I appreciate being a guest on the show and I love what you guys are doing. Continue doing it because you all are giving knowledge and information for people that are going to be helpful in their lives. So thank you for having me. Period.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, girl. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>